Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Ed, Nathan, how's everybody doing? Good. Doing good? I have a little bit of a pollen headache. Well, yeah, there's a lot of pollen out there. I'm looking out the window here, and it's like a yellow cloud. Yep. We are in that time of Georgia. Yeah. Yes, we are. There's also a, a crime scene right out front of our building. <laughs> someone has been. That's murdered, what it looks I like, guess. isn't it? I don't know what. I think that. there was a crack or something in the uh, uh, sidewalk. There's that some is caution being, tape right is outside. Being, is being repaired. Gotcha. So that no, makes no more crime. sense. No okay. crime. No just crime. No crime. just repairs. Yeah, I was I was t- I was telling Joel before we hit record. Uh, he he comes from a part of the country that doesn't include the yellow cloud in no. springtime. You know. Uh, I grew up in the South. I don't know that there is another place that has what we have so. here. I know. Uh, I've heard other people say that as well. I still go back to, I'm very thankful. It's not as bad for me this year as it has in previous years. And I think it's because often when I'm out and about doing things, I have my mask got the on. Mask. And I've yeah. got, you know. It, I will say this past weekend was maybe the worst I have ever seen. Mm. I of pollen. Oh, yeah, yeah, a pollen. I mean, there were times where the wind was blowing, and it looked like we were in a dust storm. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, it was yeah. just, I, I, when I was driving up here, I come into church on Sunday early before the light. I mean, it's still dark, and I could see the pollen floating in the, my headlights, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It certainly looked like yellow snow on my on in my yard on uh oh, yeah. on on uh on Sunday when I went outside. Let's say my garden really likes it. It's good for the But for I the am plants. happy about the warmer weather, though yes. I hear it's going to be cold tomorrow. We'll yeah, see. I don't know what that's about, but yeah, it is. Well, we'll see. Well, when they when they listen to this, oh, yeah. it may not be cold. A week no, it'll be warm. Yeah. Go Braves. Yes. The Braves will be playing yes. in a day or two. It will. I cannot wait. By the way, I'm taking the day off on that day. Ah, there you go. It's a national holiday. Opening day should be a national holiday. That's something we can talk about. Yeah, we could. That would be great. I believe that should happen. I think there are probably some other things more important to get done in our country first. Eh. (laughs) Not for Jason. I don't know about that. (laughs) Okay. All right. We'll see. At least that one would. 2024. Collins running for president (laughs) on the national opening opening day. day Opening day. National holiday. There have been people run on worse things. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, today uh, we have one listener question, but before we get to it, um, I wanted us to talk a little bit. This is a Jason question. It's kind of a Jason question. It's, it's kind of a current events question. Okay. Um, so at at the time then this, this podcast drops, we will be about a week, week and a half away from Probably one of the biggest disasters our county has ever seen, or maybe. at least in a yeah, long, maybe. long time. Since I've lived here. Yeah, me too. Um, we had tornadoes come through here uh, a couple weeks back and uh, caused some pretty serious devastation. F4 tornadoes. Yes. Yeah. F, uh, but that's pretty big, right? I think I F5 think is the biggest, Five is right? the biggest? Okay. That's what I think wow. off the top of my head. From so, yeah. my knowledge of the uh, Bill Paxton Twister film, oh. I think they talk <laughs> that about that. Because I think at one point... So we were just below cows in the storm. Yeah, yeah. We are just <laughs> yeah. below holding on to a pole. <laughs> okay. you, know, you can make that happen. F5, I think, is what... Because I think so, yeah. that was like the deal. was like, it was the biggest ever. Yeah. So, so F4 I, is a pretty... I hadn't even so, thought about there might have been storm chasers driving through Noonan you know, maybe. that night. Maybe. I've seen... I I will say I've seen uh, drone footage since then, and the YouTube channels have been like storm chaser people. Okay, uh, so I know there have. Been I've seen ring since. doorbells of yeah. the tornado. Yeah, yeah. Well, in our where we are right now, did not see 
hardly no. anything. But downtown and Noonan, of course, they're still cleaning up and lots to be done down there. And a lot yep. of a lot of great things going on as far as people helping and um, relief efforts being going on down there, which is which has been cool to see in our community. But um, often, and I know this happens uh, a lot of times when those disaster strikes and you're personally affected by it, or you know people who are personally affected by it, uh, like we saw. Um, I know for me, I often hear a lot of Christians, um, they'll, they'll point, they'll, they'll sort of point back to God in a lot of, of these areas. Specifically, what I've heard is people will take some glimmer of hope in the midst of this tragedy and say, oh, look what God did. You know, like God protected this person. This person came out okay. Their house was destroyed, and, but they're okay. And, and we'll credit that to God and say that was God in, in his protection. But then on the flip side of that, I've heard people who are a little more skeptical of Christianity will say things like, well, okay, so if God could protect that person or that situation, how about the people that he didn't protect? Or right. if he could have done that, if he did that, then how couldn't he, why couldn't he have just blown the, the tornado to a different place and nobody's house would have fallen in? So why are we picking and choosing what God does and what God doesn't do? And so I thought it'd be a good discussion for us to help our listeners think more Christianly <laughs> about these kinds of things. So how do we as Christians think about this? How do we respond to this? What does it say about God, about his nature and who he is? I think this is important for us to to understand. Sure. I agree with that. So who wants to start? Let's start. <laughs> what what question in particular do you want us to start with? Um how should Christians think about God in these situations? You always think about God the way Jesus tells you to, to think about God, and that's uh, He's your loving Father. Uh, he's actively at work in the world, um, that He cares about you, um, that He is protecting and providing, but we don't always know what that protection, that provision looks like, and we don't get to determine what that protection and that provision looks like. So He is actively involved in all things, and we know that His activity is for our good. Mm. Um, and so, in particular, Jesus, His brother James, says when you talk about attributing things to God, He says every good gift comes from the Father. So if you're going to attribute things to God, mm -hmm. those should be the good things, because you know those things are what come um, from your Heavenly Father. So I would always be hesitant to attribute anything uh, in terms of God punishing anybody or God yes. uh, God correcting anything with with a tragedy. Uh, you know, and I always like don't. to point people like you just bring up that point of I hear that a lot. People say, "Well, you know, if something bad happens, maybe that was God's punishment for right. something that was done or something that was not done." Or they even point to you know larger things like our country is being punished because right. of immorality and things like that. And and I always want to say, well, okay, at, at what point did Jesus display the Father in that way? Right. Is, is there anywhere that you see Jesus? In fact, when Jesus was asked, hey, these innocent people were killed in an accident that happened in the temple um, or a tower fell on them. Right. They said, what did they do to deserve that? punishment. And Jesus goes, oh, you don't know God. Okay. You don't understand. It wasn't them. It wasn't anything they did or didn't do. Yep. And and then, of course, the, the classic chapter 9 of John, when they say, here's a man born blind. What did him or his parents do? And Jesus says, no, you don't get God. Right. He doesn't work that way. Yep. So I, I often, it discourages me, honestly, when I, when I see Christians try to attribute to God either way, that 
you know, one way or the other, he protected or he didn't protect, and he was somehow just arbitrarily yeah. involved in that. I, I think it. I think it does a disservice to who God is. Yeah, I agree. It's it's often really dangerous to speak for God when He didn't say yeah. mm-hmm. the thing that you're about to say. Yeah, if He didn't say, "Hey, I'm about to send a storm over there," mm-hmm. uh, you probably shouldn't say that He had anything to do with it or any of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But I, all the things you all have already said, God is actively at work in protecting us, loving us. But his protection doesn't necessarily mean like all of our possessions get protected or even our life gets protected on yes. this planet. That's right. Yeah. Well, and I think if you get to, I know a lot of people get to, you know, where is God in the midst of all this? Where does God have? And I think I thought about this on on, on Sunday when I was addressing our congregation about it of, um, you know, there is the, the Mr. Rogers quote where he says that, when he was a kid, he would see tragedies and he'd be very upset. And his mom would always say, don't look at the tragedy, look for the helpers, that there's always helpers. There's always people rushing in to help. And that if you can keep your mind focused on that, then there's more joy and peace. And I thought, well, that's where God is in the Mm. midst of all this is even in the hearts of people who aren't believers, uh, that God is still at work and he's motivating people that every time we see anything loving or we see anything, um, that is compassionate or merciful or anything where someone is trying to help or serve someone, God is in in the middle of that, even if you didn't do it for God's sake, mm. even if you did it uh, just because you were motivated to, you yeah. love this person, you care about them. Well, God is love. Therefore, in everything we do that is loving, that is for the good of another person, it's an act of the kingdom and it's, and God gets to, to, to be in the middle of all of that. And so well, I think yeah. when you see that, you go and you look at how our community has responded, how yeah. churches in the area have responded, how many of you have responded and God's at work in all of that to, to make things right. And I would say as Christians, we we stand on a very uh, secure foundation based on the, the story of our our faith, uh, the story of Christianity, large story. And, I'm, and I mean, even in the smaller stories, is, is not a God who steps in and prevents every bad thing from happening, but a God who uh, comes into a world where there is tragedy and where there is right. death and That's where right. there is uh, there is suffering and says... I will suffer with you, and I have a way out. That's right. Yeah. And so, for us to then try and try and somehow change that narrative, that's not what that's not the story of God in this world. Yes. Yeah. You know? The constant story that we want to tell ourselves is if if I'm with God, then my life will be blessed. But I want to define blessed yeah. as healthy, wealthy, mm-hmm. everything I want happened. Mm-hmm. Your life will be blessed, but those aren't the those aren't the kind of things God describes necessarily as blessed. I mean, yeah. if you look at the beginning of uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus has a very different set of values that follow the word blessed. Mm. Yeah. Well, yes. and I think even if you just think in terms of um, what, what we talk about on Easter, we talk about that that Jesus' death is the beginning of, I mean, Jesus' death and resurrection is the beginning of a recreation work, that God's in the middle of recreating the world that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. And so Christians enter into that story as we are on the other side of that. We are already a part of this recreation. Our our souls, our lives themselves, uh, we are a part of that 
new creation in our in our lives. We have new life. We have what often people refer to as resurrection life. We are living in this new age already. And so when tragedy strikes, I get to step in and be an ambassador of that kingdom. Mm-hmm. I get to step in and go, hey, look, I know that in this life, it looks like your whole life was tied up in this home. And I get that. I mean, I've heard that's been a pretty common phrase we have heard people say and you hear on the news all the time is I lost my whole life everything everything I own everything in my life was in that house what believers get to step in not necessarily to say in that moment because it's probably not the most comforting thing to say in that moment but to at some point walk with someone and help them see your life was not in that house well you know it's almost always whether it's a California fire or a tornado or a hurricane the most often thing I hear when somebody loses all of that is it becomes very clear if their family escaped, they right. go, I, I didn't lose anything that mattered. That's right. I, right. I really didn't lose anything that mattered, and everything can be rebuilt. And I've already heard that from people in town. Again, I, there's no way to not say it doesn't matter, that it didn't yeah, hurt, of course. that it's not hard, that it isn't going to take a long time to rebuild. But in the midst of it, there is a reclarifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it's, and when we see that happen, you know, Nathan, you mentioned you know, the, the stuff that is already going on. For Christians, we it's our job to frame that in in a way that's we're reenacting the gospel that's right in the midst of this because that is what the good news of Jesus came came to bring. It's, I mean, you, he came into a, a sin stained, tragedy filled world and offered us you know offered us the the, the solution to that. So Christianity's not. It's why it's often I wonder sometimes why people think that tragedy somehow discounts the message of Christianity, I think it actually reinforces it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, the you know, on Easter I taught the passage where Jesus said, did the Christ not have to suffer? Mm. He had to. That yeah. It's a part of the story that God is telling in the world that he enters into suffering, that a yeah. part mm-hmm. of the story is that out of suffering comes life. Mm. Mm. There's certainly joy in life, but it's always there's this God in the midst of suffering who finds joy in the midst of it. Yeah, and that's where we find joy, even in the midst of suffering, is 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 Christ with us, and that there's this there's this constant stream of living water that is just moving through through all of eternity. That you know, I talk often about the prayer room I lead in the morning. The first thing we always say is we remind ourselves before we pray that. Our lives and our stories do not define us, that we belong to one another, we belong to our Heavenly Father and to His kingdom, which is greater than our own. And it's just this reminder every morning, it's so easy to get caught up in what is happening right now in my life or to the lives of those around me. Man, this was my one, you know, this was my life. You know, especially when you lose someone you love and it feels like, you know, well... I don't know what to do because this is this was going to be my life. This is what I had planned. Me and me and her were going to grow old together, or you know, this was my family. This was going to happen, and for me to remind myself as a follower of Jesus, I belong to an eternal kingdom that is constantly moving, and this is part of my story. But I get to be a part of an even bigger story that's beyond me, and that you know, part of the thing in the prayer book I do is we regularly look back to saints, of, and it's been very helpful to me to see. Oh man, throughout history there have been men and women who have been doing this work and. We're not alone in this, and there's a, just a constant stream of it. And so I think in the middle of a tragedy, that's you can always find joy in, yes, this is tragic, but the story of my life is not tragic. Mm-hmm. The story of my life is full of hope because I get to be a part of Christ's life, which is new life and yeah. restored life. I've heard a lot of people 
calling me from from our congregation and just people that I know, and you know, and they they all say sort of the same thing: is I I, I want to do something. I want to, and and I want to say to them, not, not you know, go find a way, whatever you sure. need to do, go help. But what's cool, for, and I think is good to clarify here for for all of us. Uh, as followers of Jesus, it's clarified is that in you, right, that thing in you that's pulling you, that is the Spirit of God yes. doing what He does in this world through you. And this is a, this is a, a reminder to us of our, you know, we talk about being ambassadors, and and that's what we were called to do. That's what the Spirit in you is is wanting to do is bring the gospel to that. Go find where things are broken. Right. And go bind them up and heal those wounds yep. because this is what your heavenly father is doing in the world. It's what he's done for you and what he wants to do for all of those people. Right. And so uh, that's and just you a don't good even have to thing. be a follower of Jesus no, to have that in you. It's stamped you in you by God. Exactly. Yep. All right. So, um, yeah, so I would say to, to folks, you know, you're feeling that, you know, there's there's so much going on right now in so many places where you can uh get connected and I mean it doesn't honestly I, I open up Facebook and I scroll like two seconds and I see something else going on if you want to help you. there's no endless there's place not. you can help in fact I'm hearing which is great that there are some places that are saying we've got enough or we've got right. too much um, they're turning stuff away because so and that was great I, I, on the the day after the storms hit um, my daughter's a part of a group uh, at Northgate High School that uh, does projects like this. They immediately, along with some other groups there, organized together and started receiving supplies there at the high school, and they need, just needed help organizing. So I drove down there and uh, started helping out, and it was a steady stream, and that was pretty far away from where mm-hmm. the tornadoes hit. People from all over that community, they were just driving by and like, is this where we drop stuff off? And they were just un- unloading tons of stuff, truckloads of stuff. And when I got there, it was halfway through the day, they had already taken a whole U-Haul down to the, the site where everybody was working and had, was bringing another truck back to load it. Mm-hmm. And um, it, sh- it, it kind of shocked me how, how fast and how generous people were able to be right. in our community. It also reminded me of just how much we have. Because <laughs> yeah. right. people were just loading truckloads full of supplies and groceries and just throwing them at us, just giving them away. And I thought, man, we really are rich. We are in this yeah. community. It, we are. It was amazing to me. So, I don't know if that's a, that's that's a double edged sword. It to is a little bit, but sure. Anyway, that was so. Anyway, all right. Let's move on um, to the next question. This one was sent in to us by one of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Thank Watchers, you. Maybe I don't know. So, uh, if you've got a question, don't forget in the description of this podcast or this video on YouTube, you can, there's a link there. You can click that, send us a question and uh, we will get to it as fast as we can. And this one came in and it, and it kind of relates to Easter. So I thought Easter was last Sunday. Let's talk about this one because it does have to do with the resurrection. And here was their question. What made Jesus coming back from the dead any more miraculous or meaningful than, for, let's say, Lazarus's return from the dead? Or, and they cite two uh, instances where Jesus raised a, a girl and a young boy. Uh, well, we don't know if he was young, but he was a, he was a son of, of a widow. Right. And Jesus raised those people back to life. So there was three people we know of that was recorded that Jesus resurrected from the dead. So their question is, why is that not equal, on par? Why is the resurrection of Jesus supposedly such a bigger deal? 
Well, I, I, I've always said, you know, if you can predict your own death and your own resurrection and you can pull them both off, yes. yeah. you probably should be listened to. And that is a distinction over those it others. Is. Those people did not resurrect themselves. Jesus resurrected himself by his own power. Yep. Uh, predicted it was going to happen, predicted how it would happen. And let's be clear, the, the power that raised all of those people from the dead was in Jesus. It's all in right? Jesus. Okay, so that does Jesus. make it a distinction. Yeah, it makes it a distinction. He predicted it, and then afterwards he said, you know, all authority has now been given to me. I submitted to this. I've, you know, come into this world. I've conquered death. And you see it. You have a visible demonstration. Now, again, all of those miracles were to demonstrate who Jesus was. Yes. Every, every, every one of them were visible demonstrations of who he was. It's just that the resurrection is the final one. And he launched his movement out of that. And I would say another distinction that I immediately thought of when I read this question was, let's be, let's be clear. Uh, Lazarus died and stayed dead right. at, eventually, and so did the the two people that other people that Jesus raised from the dead. So this resurrection that Jesus performed was not the same no. as Jesus, who is now eternally alive and will then provide the same for all of us. That's right. So there there is another distinction that we can point to. And I think ultimately where it comes to is, and you mentioned this on on Sunday as as kind of a part of your message, but I think it's an even bigger for us to kind of pull out is Jesus is resurrected. It's, it's not just that Jesus rose from the dead that is so important. It is the nature of what Jesus was doing with his resurrection that was that Jesus is the, and we said this before, the Bible is one story leading to Jesus. He is the culmin, the, the death and resurrection of Jesus is the culmination of an entire story that's been being told the whole time of that God creates a beautiful world and then it's it's good and he fills it with people and he loves people and then we mess it up with sin and it's broken. And so because of that, we say the wages of sin is death, death is a part of it. And that what Jesus is doing in his death and resurrection is he is opening up, he's releasing a new kind of life right. into the world. It is not just that a resurrection happened that that is so important. It is that specifically Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the long-promised king that, G, that God had all been promising. I'm going to send someone, and because of this, and then you mentioned this on Sunday, that the Christ had to suffer. Didn't he have to suffer? That this is the, this is the story that's being told, that and I love this that, you know, a lot of people talk about the reason we worship on Sunday is because Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday. And that's true. But what I love about early Christians is they often refer to themselves as eighth day people because right. they had this belief, which was on the sixth day, Jesus dies on the seventh day. Jesus rests, right? He rests in the grave. But then on what would be ordinarily in the week, the first day, and it just all starts. And it's this loop that just keeps going. There's there's mistakes and suffering and death. And then you start over and a new baby's born and there's they mess it up, they suffer, then they die. But Jesus created an eighth day of creation where new life and new creation was possible. And the kingdom of God became available to everyone. And like you said, he has all power and authority and he's reigning. And so when you think about it in that terms, the, the resurrection of Jesus was a physical event. It was a historical event. It happened but it also was this part of a brand new narrative that begins, which is now we get to live in the new life of Jesus. And what gets called, you know, you talk about the power that's in Jesus. Paul says that 
same power yep. that raised Jesus from the dead, it lives in you, that Jesus unleashed something. And I just like to throw this one out, not that this is a huge deal. Jesus, when he came back, like you said, Lazarus and them died. Jesus comes back with a resurrection body, and he's yeah. got weird ghost powers where he's like going through walls there's at one point. There's something different about there's it. There's something yes. different about there his body. There's different about the other ones. Yes, yeah. he comes back with a different kind of body, and Paul says that when we're raised in glory, we're going to have that same kind, that there's yes. something tangibly different about Jesus' resurrection. Yeah, the other resurrections were simply breathing life back into the temporary bodies of those right. people. Jesus came back with this right. new resurrection body that will never be corrupted, yeah. which is promised to us. Has holes in, in his hands that don't bleed. Right. Yes. Yeah. Has the ability to walk through doors and to be with people. And, and then, then just poofy somewhere. Gone. And... Eat breakfast. Eat breakfast. Eat breakfast. That's breakfast. what always got me because I, I, growing up, the, yeah. you know, I know some churches lean one way or the other. My church leaned heavily on the, you know, Jesus was this, you know, high and lifted up. He's God and, and all that. Almost a, you know, ethereal kind of existence that Jesus right. was somehow all spirit. But then there's those passages where, no, he's he's all flesh as yeah. well. Right. And so he comes back in a body, and I, and I think that's why John puts that little detail oh, in I know, yeah. I know that's why he does it. He ate breakfast with us on the beach, and we watched him eat the fish. Well, and even the night that he appears to to uh, Thomas, they mm-hmm. ate that night. Yes, and I right. told what they ate, but they ate they that ate. night, mm-hmm. and... You know, and then he invites people to touch him too. He yeah. says, "Touch my my hands and my feet." He's a real live flesh body, but well, yeah. of something else. I wish else. we knew more about the forty days that he was with I the know. the people, the five hundred people that he appeared to during the time. I wish yep. we knew more about that. But yep. I have to believe there's lots of meals and lots of celebrations and lots oh, of yeah. all kinds of stuff. And then for know. them to be as convinced as they were. And then to go around and, and stake their whole lives on it afterwards. It wasn't just a, oh, I think I saw him over there in the garden. That's right. There was a real honest-to-goodness experience with the risen Christ that they had and and learned so much from that that well, it then carried them all throughout the rest it, of the It's interesting century. to me. you know, No one that we know of ever believed Lazarus somehow was God. That's right. Lazarus gets raised. These people get raised. But nobody believes that Lazarus is God, but Jesus really quickly, yes. they all know, oh, right. this this guy is distinct. Mm-hmm. And we have a hard time these days believing Jesus was human. They knew he was human. That's right. They had spent time with him. They yeah. didn't have any doubt that he was human. In fact, then later when John, the apostle, becomes an old man, Gnosticism begins to come in, and they begin to say, oh, he really wasn't human because mm-hmm. now they're 30, 40 years later, and they begin to say, oh, no, he was just a spirit, and he was always a spirit, mm. and he he just fooled us into thinking. And John's like, dude, I ate with him. I yeah, touched him. I touched saw him. him. I was with him the whole time. He was clearly a dude. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. But he was also God. Yeah. It's interesting how we try to... How we try to separate those two? I don't know. Well, it's because we can't get it in our head. That's right. I mean, it's something it's we a haven't new category. seen. Yeah. Well, and I think it's because what, what, what you have in Jesus is 
it is this new category where Jesus is fully God, fully man, that he's the first person, and I, I think it's in a Bible project video, it's the first time I heard it, it's, he's the first one who's able really to live in both the realm of heaven and realm of earth at the same time, because mm. he is, he's and his resurrection body, you kind of see some of those right. aspects where he's able to do things that are, that, that just don't make sense, and that he he has this ability, and I think it goes to, and once again, you on Sunday talk about this so well when you talk about there's stories that we're living, and the the Bible, the, the story of Jesus, the story of it, specifically his death and resurrection can become the story of our life, and the way that works is all of us know inherently, and I think we feel it, um, and some of us may be more in touch with it than others, but that there's something about me that's not the way I was supposed to be. And there's no way, like, there's no way to really say say that in another way. You can't quantify, like, what is it about me that's not right? Maybe you would say there's something broken about me or there's something wrong. There's just something about me. I know I'm not the way I was supposed to be, even if you don't believe in sin. Well, and we spend time trying to figure out why. Often we'll blame somebody for it. Yeah. Something happened to me, and I can't get back to what I was supposed to be. Or somebody forced me to be something that I wasn't, or my parents messed up. And then eventually you get to the point you go, ah, it's just our world. I'm just mm. not who I, I, yeah. I can tell there was more to me than I am. Yeah, and so you get this place, and what ultimately it is is that I'm somehow out of touch with this community of love, which is what we call the Trinity, right? It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that they are perfectly in loving relationship with it's just, you know, very confusing the more you talk about it. But with God himself is three persons, right? And in this loving of this community, I'm supposed to exist with that among other people and with God himself. And there's this part of me that doesn't get that. And what we would call it is this image of God that was stamped on me. Over time, it gets covered up with other stuff. There's, it gets dinged up a little. I get broken. And that what Jesus does and what is so beautiful about Jesus is Jesus is the, the first person who gets to be, it's not that he is, it's not that he's somehow less human. I think that's the part that yeah. we look at is, well, if he's fully God, that means he's less human. He's the first real human. Mm. I, think, he, I think before the resurrection, and I've, I'm just beginning to understand this more and more in the last year. I think when Paul says that he took on the form of a human, he totally empties himself of yes. I think yeah. I don't think he ever plays the God card for all that time. There's no everything he does miraculous are things humans are capable of doing. We can't live in it the way that he he totally submitted himself to God. He totally. All of those things are possible, I, I believe. I think that's why he says to them at one point when he sends the disciples out and they come back and they say, all these people are hungry. He goes, feed them. Yes. <laughs> you feed them. And they're like, what? He's, okay, I guess I'll have to show you again. Yeah. But he says it to them twice. He yeah. says, you give them something to eat. Yeah. Or there's a time he sends them to go in. <laughs> I just I was least recently listening to a podcast as I was talking with our uh, the Steve who's on staff and does a lot of our discipleship stuff. We were talking about that Jesus discipleship strategy wasn't classroom. That's the way we always think. About it. I got to teach you a bunch of things, and then eventually you'll be ready to go out and do it. That the way Jesus did is he just sends them out, and he goes, 
you'll know what you need to know once you do it. So he sends them out at one point and goes, and they come back and they go, hey, we tried to heal. We had to try to get this demon out of this guy and we couldn't do it. And Jesus goes, well, it can only be done through prayer and fasting, which means you could be doing it. You're not. And then they go, well, then you're going to have to teach us how to pray because obviously what we think prayer looks like isn't the kind that's pulling demons out of people. And so to your point, when you get when you get to that, that this is something that's distinct about Jesus is Jesus is fully in touch with what we call, once again, I know this is a little higher, but like Trinitarian community. He's fully in touch that God loves him. He's fully secure in that place at all times, but he's still human. He still is able, and he's able to be really human, which is why I think when we encounter people who I think have those kind of sparks of of, of God, really, they're really in touch with it. We just go, man, they're just so human. They're just so human. They're so... and. There's other parts of us, though, and it's just funny the way we flip it. When someone does something wrong, we go, well, they're only human. <laughs> you know what I mean? We use both sides of it. It's like, yeah. oh, man, I felt like a real human connection with them. We mean that good. Like, I felt, I felt, in t- and what you mean is I felt Christ-like love for them. I felt, I felt like we were one. I felt like whatever they needed, I could give to them. You know, we felt connected. But then we also use human to mean, well, you're just going to mess everything up and you don't get a <laughs> shot. And Jesus goes, no, it's possible to live in both. And that's what the resurrection allows. The resurrection releases that ability for us to have the same power that lived in Christ, that did all these miraculous things, caused him to live the way he did. It can live in us. But we have to allow that to happen. And that's a totally different process there. Yeah. All right. I think we answered a question. Yeah. I hope so. We answered lots of questions. So. We answered lots of questions. We might have there. raised a lot of other questions. Probably did. And they're like, if what? If we talked around your question, which maybe we do too often, do you ask a different way, maybe. I think we got it. But okay. we'll see. But if we, if we didn't, hey, you have a way to send us more. Exactly. So, yep. All right, send us some more. All right. So, uh, and you brought up a, an issue. Somebody brought up this issue. I can't remember who brought up this issue, but we brought up an issue that we're actually going to talk about next week uh, about the issue of Jesus being God. And was Jesus wow. really trying to say that, or was he kind of dodging that? <laughs> we're going to talk about that next week. That's a question that a listener sent me uh, just recently, and uh, I thought it was a great question. So we're going to tackle that next week. So for now, we're going to call this a day and uh we'll be back next week we have two more questions we'll be tackling for you then so all right see you guys then bye bye